and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Mission Cigar and Social here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. You know, there's so much... How much of our daily knowledge that's thrown at us do you think it's just useless stuff that people made up less than five seconds before telling us? 90%? 95? <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm filtering through here and I just looked, I'm looking up my cigar. I'm smoking a La Roma de Cuba Reserva. Yeah. And I was looking it up and at the bottom it said, the well-made cigar has hickory and almond notes that lead into hints of dark chocolate and earth. What? <laughs> We'll get into more of that later in the show. Yeah. The, the ridiculous tasting notes fall into a category of of things that people say about their cigars that they probably wouldn't say about anything else. Yeah, it's and it's some and you wonder now, okay, do you feel the pressure when someone says, Oh, I get hints of cedar and Magnolia blossoms in the spring. Do you feel the urge? I hope to, not. Magnolia blossoms stink. Well, do you feel the urge to agree with them or disagree with them? See, it, it's a little different for me. I feel the pressure when people find out that we do a podcast and they ask, "Oh, what do you think about that cigar?" Okay, they're at. They're expecting a well on the first third. It's notes of leather and tannerite, and on the second, you know it. <laughs> Explodes? <laughs> Somebody loaded your cigar tray. <laughs> Just, you know, I, I do feel like there's often a lot, little bit of pressure put on us uh, by virtue of what we do. Um, I got distracted by the puppy. Sorry. Uh, why don't I just talk about my cigar? Independently of you, I reached for a lot of La Roma de Cuba as well. And it was because I found myself in the section of the humidor I'm most familiar with, which is the uh, A.J. Fernandez section. I was like, no, I can't do that. So I'm going to force myself to branch out. And so that's how I ended up on this. Although I'm smoking the Mia Moore, which is... I just had pulled up and then it moved on me. It's... You hate it when that happens. I really do. No, notes of earth, cocoa, espresso, blah, blah, blah. Um... (laughs) Cuban seed wrapper grown in Mexico, Nicaraguan binder and filler. Well, so what I like about this, so it's interesting. The reason, the way we got this La Roma de Cuba Reserva here was we didn't order it. Um, but a box arrived, and the rep said, "Hey, just keep them, put them on the shelf, see if they sell." And I'll, our mistake, mea culpa, but. By the time we pay to send them back, by the time we do all that, it would be just as well for you to put them on the shelf to see if they sell. And so it turned it's turned into my go-to La Roma de Cuba. The San Andreas wrapper on this is perfect. Yeah. It's not too heavy. You know, it's too often San Andreas, you'll get it, and it'll just knock your teeth out, just mm-hmm. kick your teeth in. This one's not. This is just a good, smooth flavor San Andreas wrap. Crowned Head's Buckeye Land was one of those, where the San Andreas just kicks oh, you in the yeah, teeth. Oh, yeah, it just San Andreas you to death. And I'll, so this one, though, is real mild, just a good, even San Andreas wrapper, which I really like about that. So, diving right into our first article. And I'll, I'm not... I'm, I'm, You're in a hurry to get to the back half of the show this well, week. 
Yeah, I'm, I made the decision. I said, okay, I'm going to cover a few articles because I want to really take time to wax poetic toward the end of the show. Yeah, and cover cover this this great topic we've got. <laughs> And also from Half Wheel, New Mexico Governor vetoes cigar tap ca- tax cap removal. Um, so Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham vetoed out language that would have removed the state's 50 cent tax cap for cigars. Um, this is an unusual move for a Democratic, a Democrat, and a governor of a Western state. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really interesting. And she didn't give no reason why she did it. There's not been any investigation as to why she did it. Just decided she wanted to strike that part out and no no cigar tax over 50 cents. It, it's interesting. I, I wonder... I mean, New Mexico is still very much the, the Old West. Like, I don't know if you've spent much time out there, but there's... It, you really feel like you're in a western, especially in like Albuquerque, Santa Fe areas. You really feel like you're stepping back in time a little bit, and so I wonder if there's more of a of a tobacco culture there that maybe we don't think of. Yeah, if maybe this was something that she said, okay, I don't want. I, I need to show that I'm cutting taxes somewhere. And this seems like a good spot. This seems like a spot that's going to ring true with my constituency. Yeah, it, it could be a situation where letters to your representative actually mattered. I don't know. But I'm just giving her an attaboy and moving forward. All right. And I'll north to, from inforum.com. North Dakota lawmakers approve legalization of cigar lounges and send bill to Governor Burgum. So this is a big thing in North Dakota that they're fighting against the exception to the tobacco law being you can have cigar lounges. Right. Who? Yeah, it does seem weird. So many of these, you know, state tobacco bans that eliminated smoking in public buildings, it, it, it's always weird to me when I see places like North Dakota, who you think of as being, I mean, they're, they're staunch red states, and they're very, very much populated by the kind of people who just want you to leave them alone. Why these types of fights of let me just consent to do something and do it? Why that's always such a tough pull? Yeah, well, so one, if grown-ass adults want to get together in a building that's not say hooked to a hospital or a nursery or a, you know convent or anything like that right and adhere to air quality standards which i'm here to tell you i'll guarantee you there's not a cigar shop adheres strictly to air quality standards every cigar shop exceeds those because they're just minimums uh, yeah so i think and we've talked about it before i don't think we've ever talked about it on the show I think, going back to the the whole idea that the market will decide, right? If you want to allow smoking in your restaurant and you think that people are itching to find a place where they can smoke at their table, you should be allowed to do so. I think the way to go about that, rather than banning it outright, should be imposing stricter air quality standards on places that allow smoking inside. So, okay, you can do it. You have a minimum age restriction of 21 and... We're going to, we're going to, just like the health department 
does spot inspections, and you never know when they're coming. We're going to send someone from the EPA around, or whatever the state's equivalent of the EPA is, and we're going to measure the quality of air during your busiest times. And as long as you don't exceed however many parts per million of whatever compounds, then you're good. I, I think that's fine. No, I'm out. I think you let the market decide. I think it's a purely capitalistic venture. I think the less time inspectors spend inspecting, the better we all are. Because here's the deal. Yeah, but if you your wouldn't... air quality sucks, people aren't going to go there. And all that anything. So here's and, the thing. Unless you're the only place in uh, I, I, my my go-to for a, a random rural town is is not appropriate for us to use on the podcast. But let's say from from. From dude in a horse, North Dakota, and you're the only place that allows smoking, you're going to stay in business regardless of your air quality because you're the only option for some people. No. At the end of the day, people should be allowed. So here's the thing, and here's what I understand what you're saying, but the application of inspections is never well done. Except for the health department. Like, the, no, you've got to admit from, like, would you... Would you want to eat at a restaurant that got an 80? It wouldn't bother me. A 60 would bother me. My my threshold's about 75, 60. It it should be higher. (laughs) For for someone who used to work in the food service industry, your threshold should be higher. I got an immune system for a reason. My, My point is, though, there are certain areas, like, I want the water that comes out of my tap in my kitchen to have undergone certain quality control standards before it gets to me. I want to know that the food, either coming from the factory that I'm purchasing in the grocery store or at a restaurant, has gone through certain quality, safe handling procedures. And I, th- I don't think it's asking too much. Because the alternative to, to my suggestion about actually monitoring the air quality in, in places that allow smoking is that they're just going to say you're not allowed to smoke. It becomes a middle ground. Well, here's the other portion of this, though. If you look at building inspections... If I'm a builder and I do everything by the code, I do everything exactly as the code dictates, and I every time the inspector comes to my place, he passes. I'm a D builder. Right. I'm doing just enough to get by. So, and nobody could afford. Now, if the inspector is going to inspect to the point that I'm an A builder, nobody's going to be able to afford a house in my town. Right. So, the, the C plus B minus builder is the sweet spot. And I think the cigar lounges can have that. You can have decent air quality without having to have inspectors come in and, oh, we're having inspect. You know, I just think the market decides. Because you look, how many people come here from the cigar shop 30 miles um, north of us? Notice how I said north of us. That's an important <laughs> Right. How many people come here and when they walk in here, the first thing they say is, oh, the air quality in here is so much better. So that's a big portion of it. That's the market deciding. Yeah, it is. But again, you're talking about an area where people have competition. But anyway, we're off topic. Back to center being, um, why does anybody want to interfere with adults' ability to go? So it's not like you leave a cigar shop and go hit, go, you know, hit a train. Right. It's not like you stagger out of a cigar shop. I guarantee these are the same people that go to bars, that go to strip clubs, that go to pot dispensaries, and are in favor of all that. But for some reason, 
they wish to attack cigar lounges. Well, we've talked about it forever, about tobacco's just an easy scapegoat. It is. So, Angel Cuesta by J.C. Newman takes flight this week. Well, sort of. <laughs> I'm, 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 calling, um, I'm calling Mr. Newman doubt on this one. So, this is a blend that was scheduled to be a trio of American-made cigars. This one pays homage to historic brands called Angel Cuesta. And the, they were on display at the trade show. I didn't see them last year, but I wasn't really looking for them that hard. Right. So probably not. I didn't spend a lot of time at the Newman booth at the trade show. But it dates back to Tampa about a century ago, named after Angel Cuesta. I keep saying Cuesta and Cuesta. I keep switching out. Um, of the say, Cuesta Ray cigar brand. Right. And it was a cigar, the official cigar brand of King Alfonso. The 13th of Spain. Of Spain, who reigned from 1886 to 1931. It's a long reign. Yeah. And here's the thing. They don't give the blend of the cigar in this article. No, they don't. It's... That's interesting. Uh, the rolled... Ecuador Havana Rosado wrapper. But that's all we know about it. Yeah. And they're not disclosing details about the blend. But here's the deal. They shipped 75 boxes. <laughs> well, it, it is also a TAA exclusive. Okay. I, still, no, I, how I many TAA, that, that's not even enough to give one box to every TAA store. No, you're right. I, I, I stand by your original vitriol, which is that 75 boxes isn't a release. It's a tasting. But the fact that it's a TAA exclusive that kind of lends some of it. So essentially, this is an exclusive of an exclusive, I guess, is what they're going for. I guess so. I guess the, I guess they said, hey, we got to at least say we have shipped a box of these out before the show this year. Yeah. 18 <laughs> to $22 MSRP. So not bad for a special release TA exclusive from J.C. Newman. And production is limited to 1,500 boxes of 20 cigars per annual release or 500 boxes of each size. So pretty, it comes in three sizes, which again, double Toro, double tapered Solomon. Uh, why don't we just, can we not just call them straight up Robusto Toro Solomon? <laughs> Do we have to double? Well, a double Robusto is five and a half by 56. That's a big ring gauge for a Robusto. So I think that's where it's coming from. But also speaking of the TAA, um, TAA moving to the fall. So at the opening of the Tobacconist Association of America trade show meeting, it was announced the 56th annual will be held in Aruba, October 20th to the 24th, 2024. Every, all, of, all of the CFOs for all the cigar companies went crap. <laughs> they are not going to enjoy getting those expense reports. Yeah, they're like, okay... We're going to move the show. Great. Well, we can't. it can't be too cold. Don't worry. We got you covered. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to Aruba. Uh, you know, can we not limit all shows to the continental United States? You would think so. <laughs> you would think, but we're just, we're mentioning but, that. But how, how better to, to increase your participation and your attendance than to put it somewhere where people want to go? I think that decreases it. I think, you know, it's like they're talking about moving the PCA show to New Orleans. Right. I think it's a, it gets bigger coverage at New Orleans, provided they get their, their smoking straightened right. out. Last time it was in New Orleans, it was a disaster because they couldn't smoke nowhere. Um, but 
I feel like moving. That may be why the TWA is going to Aruba, man. Anything goes in Aruba. Perhaps. I, no, I think there are some people that aren't going to want to travel internationally. But I think there are enough people who will want to go somewhere a little bit different that it makes it worth going. Absolutely. So, moving now to talk right. about the Zycar Cutter. Okay. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Because I've got so, thoughts. Sorry, everybody. We're, mo- we're moving through articles fast. I wanted to try something different. Let, let Trey know in the email if you, if you don't like it. <laughs> and I'll, he's the one that cares. Right. Um, Zycar 10 millimeter punch cutter. So I seen these at the show. Okay. And the thing I was most impressed with was the pin in the middle. Right. The little dagger. Right. And I thought, why has this not been happening all along? You know, it's one of those things that makes so much sense. You wonder how it took us this long to do this. Well, it's like the V-cut. You know, it took Calibri how long to figure out how to make the perfect V-cut. You know, it's it's the same kind of thing. So it's got this little, it, it's, it's twist op- operated like their existing punch, which the Zycar 11 mil punch is the best punch on the market. Uh, it might be a little too big for some people, depending on what you like to smoke. You know, if, if you like Lanceros, probably not going to be the right probably punch. Probably not going to be the right punch. But, so what they've done, it's, uh, you know, it's one mil in diameter smaller, which how how you even measure that in terms of what, it, what the difference it makes to you and your cigar, I don't know. But it's got this little dagger that comes out of the middle, almost like the pilot bit on a hole saw. Exactly. Yeah. Just barely there. And so you can punch the cigar in a couple. When you lay it up there, you can look at the little dot and say, okay, I have my punch centered. Yeah, I've got it centered. And And it also keeps it, it'll, it'll, I'm guessing, probably help keep it level as well. Right. As you're oriented as you're pouring, as you're, yeah. And it'll move through just a little bit more. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. I've wanted one of these for a while. I don't like the shape of it. It's tapered on both ends. I like the original 11 mil that is more cylindrical. I just like the shape better. Yeah, this is kind of suppository-esque. Yeah, a little bit. The bullet of health. But <laughs> and it retails for 65 bucks, which is a little steep, in my opinion. A little steep for a punch, and unless you're a punch person. If you're a punch person, yeah. not a bad deal. Right. And I'll, but now I do want to give Brooks Whittington at Half Wheel a lot of credit here. I think Brooks did a very good job of comparing the products up with this. Um, he did the good, the bad, and then he did the competition. And in competition, he brought up the, how do you pronounce this? Dissim? Dism? Dissim, maybe? D I S S I M, Bullseye Cigar Punch. And I actually, I was looking at this today. One, I like the bullet shape on this. See, that is my, that is my biggest complaint with this. Can we stop making things look like bullets? I don't care. I don't need my accessories to look like bullets. It's, I, I feel like it's hokey. It's gimmicky. It makes it look like I'm trying to impress somebody when I really don't care. I don't need bullet-shaped things. But the bullet shape's like the cigar shape. We've long said anything longer than it is wide, people say, is cigar shaped. This one, anything that comes to a point 
people seem to think is a bullet. It literally has the little tapering around the, where the firing cap would be. Yeah, and it is cool. The little punch sets right where the primer would be on a shell. Yeah. <laughs> and all. But so I like this punch. This punch is a little cheaper at $49.99. It's still a 10 millimeter punch, and it's orderable on Amazon. The Zycar punch you can't get on Amazon. Yeah, I mean, that's a benefit to it. But yeah, I just, I would pass on this based on the design alone. Just because you don't like bullet design. I just don't like bullet design. I don't, I don't like things that assume something about the consumer. Like, okay, there, we know there are, there's a, a large crossover between Second Amendment enthusiasts and cigar smokers, at least in this part of the country, right? Absolutely. So this assumption that everyone that smokes cigars is going to want something that shows off their love for the Second Amendment is just, it's, I, I don't, you know, I, is it probably somewhat good marketing? Maybe, but I just, I don't like it. So do you like the suppository size better than the bullet size? <laughs> I, you know, I would, I would have the Zycar, based on shape alone, I would buy the Zycar over the Dissum. That being said... I, I don't know how much that little center punch is necessary, and I would probably I would probably just get the existing 11 mil Zycar that you have. Well, I may have one for sale here shortly because right, I'm probably going to order one of these. And all, but I think I'm getting the dism. I think I like the bullet shape. I like the feel of it. I like how it's going to fit in my kit. Um, the only thing is I've never owned a dism accessory. Have you owned ever owned a dism? No, I haven't. Oh, wait, no. This is an 11-millimeter punch. See, I'm ready to go down to a 10-millimeter punch. You're, are you really going to notice a difference? Absolutely. Oh. And I'll, uh, a man of my cultured palate. <laughs> yeah. Let's hit one more article before we go to the break. All right. So, Hooten & Young has hired Allison Trainer as VP of Sales. Now, you said this was a name that sounded familiar to you? It did, but none of the places they mention her experience from... Um, Come, you know, she she used to work for Rockefeller Cigars, and worked for Habana House and Smoky Cigar Lounge and Babalu Cigar Company. Oh, okay. Babalu is a uh, is a shop in Austin that I have bought. I've spent lots of money there back when I was in school. They they house roll everything. Like you can't buy a main label cigar in that shop. Everything they sell is is house roll. Okay. Uh, well, for some reason, her name seemed familiar, but I'm, anytime I see a Hooten Young article, because I like their cigars, to me, their 2020 is one of the best cigars around, and their Ma Deuce is excellent as well. And it's a veteran-owned company, and they sell cigars and whiskey, which is just great. So I really like this, but um, just wanted to mention real quick that they're getting their sales force together. So we're currently, Trey's going to have to stop the show so that he can... The dog wrangler has come back and brought the dog. <laughs> and yeah, he. Um, I, I was planning on having him at my feet for the show. So I was told for the, for our listeners, I was told in no uncertain terms a couple weeks ago, either the dog goes with you when you do the show, or you don't do the show anymore. So I brought the dog, and and your wife was gracious enough to offer to to be the wrangler, for, for, but. Uh, he seems to be getting a bit antsy. I, I think he's picking up on her discomfort with it. I think if she had just stayed up there and 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 roughed him up a little, he'd have probably been fine. 
Yeah, he's a, he'll, we'll 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 let him stick close for the second half of the show, and I'm, I'm I've got I've got an ace up my sleeve in my jacket over here, so we'll, when, we'll keep him. When we come back, we're going to talk about bad cigar advice, bad cigar um, descriptions, tips, bad bad information disseminated through dissipated through the cigar shop community, disseminated, disseminated. There you go. I All know right. it was one of them words. <laughs> well, we be back. We'll be back with that more after this. to the cigar cast this is one of your hosts shane sitting beside the man that used to think he was a person of influence till he tried to order someone else's dog around mr trey Dedman. that is the the mark isn't it that's a great will rogers quote that's one of the best will rogers quotes that he ever had is if you get to thinking you're a person of influence try ordering someone else's dog around and um i just I seemed apropos for the for the moment with benny back here interning for us for the first time on the podcast exactly and also i I do have to give him a a kudos before we jump into the next half of the show so we we took him out to uh there was a food truck park festival kind of thing on friday night in our town and so we decided we'd venture out and this was the first time since he's been since we've had him and he's fully vaccinated and the weather was nice enough i was like i'm gonna bring the dog with us and he was good. He was he was really showing his puppydom though. Like he was he wanted. Luckily, a lot of people had dropped fries on the ground, so he got lots of treats. But we were we were playing around. We parked in this field, and so my son was full of energy because we had been in the stroller and all that stuff while we'd right. been out. And so we decided to let him run around in the field a little bit. Well, I had him on the leash, uh, the dog, a Benny on the leash. And he was getting, he was running around. He's a border collie. He's a herding dog. And so sure. when he sees a free range child, he, his instincts take over. So, but I had him on the leash. So he got really close to clotheslining him a couple of times. And I'm working the <laughs> leash to try and get, and one time he gets close enough and I can't move my arm fast. I just drop the leash to keep him, anyone from getting hurt. And he takes off. Now, he's doing laps around the field, but he's still, like, completely... But when I tell you, as soon as I got my son under control and had him, I recalled him. I called his name, told him to come. He came right by my feet, sat down. He's still that that herding dog alert lay down kind of that you're used to seeing. It was so impressive. We've been working on off-leash recall and stuff like that, but the first time where it needed to happen, and it was perfect. And I was just... You would think I'd been training him to be a herding dog the way he acted. I was so impressed. So, one of the things I want to talk about today that I've been looking forward to since I've seen this is, what is the worst cigar information that has been disseminated to you in a cigar shop? You know, it's funny because you texted me about this the other day, and it was all about... You know, kind of the weirdest or worst or most bizarre things people have said in reference to their cigars. And I forget the quote that you shared, but something about it get a big... Yeah, we, had, we used to have a guy in the cigar community, 
And he always had fake Cubans. Yeah. And he always wanted to project that they were real Cubans. And he told me one time, he said, yeah, this cigar right here, you smoke it, and you get a blast of pepper toward the end. And then two puffs later, it goes out. (laughs) And you just think, okay, there's no way physics could allow. Right. <laughs> so, is there a pepper bomb in there that right. goes off and That's blows the Tannerite. back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but but he said that, and he would say that very seriously, oh. and legitimately expect everyone there to believe that. Oh, completely earnest. He meant every word of it. And so it made me think. You know, there's all kinds of silly things that get said in the cigar shop about cigars. Um, We talk about description of cigars seems to be where that's rampant, but also just in other things. So Cigar Advisor by Gary Korb. This is from November 5th, 2011. So this is a little while back, but I love this article. And this was Hayward's Bad Cigar Tips. And then they have Humberto's Bad Cigar Tips and Gary's Bad Cigar Tips. And I think really these guys just tried to outdo one another. I I think so, especially as you get down in. Is it Umberto was the one that said no? It was Gary that said if your cigar is plugged, fire a twenty-two caliber bullet through it. Now, or you can just use that disson punch. But not Trey. I fancy myself a pretty good marksman. That would be a shot. I, and I've got I've got several twenty-twos, and I keep my twenty-two zoned in real tight. And, you know, nice scope. Next time you get a plugged cigar, bring it around to the parking lot, hold it in your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Would you be, but I, I know you're a good shot. You're not that good a shot. But now I want to do, and we're going to have to get with, with our local producer here. I want to do a video of what happens when a 22 bullet is fired into the end of a cigar. Do you think it would have to just blow the whole end of the cigar out? I would think. I would think that there's no way that it could neatly drill a hole through the center of the cigar, as this guy is indicating. Have you ever um, tried to shoot a bullet with a with a, another bullet? Have you ever tried to put one on a post? And no. Being from the country as I am, I've heard the stories. I don't ever know anyone who's done it, but everyone has somebody whose uncle's friend got. You know, they tried it. The hardest part about trying to shoot around through a cigar for me would be how do you hold the cigar in place so that the initial impact doesn't move the cigar without damaging the cigar in the process? Because it has to be it has to be secured tight enough that it won't move, but then you run the risk of cracking the wrapper. Well, it also depends on how far away you are when you hold, when you shoot the cigar. Right. Oh, you think of point blank range? Yeah, I'm thinking like four or five inches, just oh, okay. enough for the gas to dissipate. See, I was thinking trick shot. Yeah, I'm not going for the long shot. I'm not going to put the long rifle over my shoulder of a mirror and try to hit the center of a cigar. See, that, that's what I had in mind. Yeah, so, but, but to, not to spend too long thinking about yeah. the guy that said shoot your cigar of a 22. The number one on Hayward's bad cigar tips. In these tough economic times, it pays to bring your own cigars to the lounge. That, it, that is pretty funny. <laughs> so are we trying to make the tough economic times tough for everybody, for, for including everybody. the yeah. people that own the cigar lounge? Exactly. I, so 
I, I brought this up on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to speak out in defense on this one. The second one from Hayward's list is quality control is job number one with browsing for cigars. So fondle as many as you can. Squeeze them. Smell their wrappers. Listen closely as you roll them between your fingers. I've admitted to being a cigar squeezer. And I realize it gets a bad name because there are so many people who don't know how much pressure to use, crack right. parts, whatever. But I will say this. And I'm talking to you, Caldwell and La Aurora. If half of your box wasn't unsmokable because they're rolled too tight, I wouldn't have to. So you get your quality control in order at the factory, and I'll stop squeezing your cigars. Because I'll tell you what, AJ Fernandez, Perdomo, Padron, and my father's cigars, I don't have to squeeze those. So... I'm, I'm, so you think it's the cigar's fault? I, th- I do think it's the cigar's <laughs> fault. I have bought so many boxes of La Aurora cigars that were only half of them were smokable because right. the others were rolled too tight. So fix that problem, and then you can make fun of me for being a cigar squeezer. But the listen as you roll them between well, your fingers, what are no. you listening for? Cracking, I guess. Cracking, uh, rattling, clanking, <laughs> the yeah. clanking of chains together. What are you what are you looking for as you're listening to them? You know, this reminds me of it was actually outside of a cigar shop where I thought I was going to go to jail for assault one night. Um everybody knows we buy stuff at yard sales and resell it. And when we buy the stuff at yard sales to resell it, we really come across some characters. Sorry everybody, Trey is currently I'm, training I'm here, I'm Benny and I'm getting distracted. He's, he's waving his hand at Benny, and that's, Benny is looking at him like a monkey doing a math problem. Like, what does that mean? What does that signal mean? That signal means off, but he's not used to being told <laughs> when he's leashed, and it's, it's confusing him. <laughs> but so we had a croquet set that we were selling outside of Franklin Cigar one night. And my wife says, hey, I'm going to go ahead and go in and get a cigar. Do you mind meeting the guy who's buying this croquet set? And I said, no problem. So the guy shows up. And first thing he does, he's one of these guys that thinks that I'm going to get rich by screwing people one croquet set at a time. That I'm out to make my fortune by giving out bad croquet sets. And he says, well, is it all there? I said, I don't know. I don't play croquet. Right. I said, how many rings and balls and everything is it supposed to have? And so he takes the croquet set out, and he looks through it, and he says, okay, yeah, it's all here. I said, well, good. I'm glad to know that. And then he takes the mallets, and he checks the heads of the mallets to be sure they're not loose. I'm almost in for that. The mallet head's not being loose. I'm almost in for that. But it was when he put the balls to his ear and started tapping them with the mallets as if he was going to hear something that I called a halt to the process. I said, listen, buy it or don't. But, <laughs> but this, is, this is outrageous. This is getting ridiculous. So, yeah, there's, so don't, don't rough up the cigars. And believe me, you're going to learn nothing about a cigar by listening to it. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Um Bad tip, cigar cutters are redundant. If you have teeth, use them. How often have you... Have you, I know you're a kit man, so you're almost never without a cutter, but how often, how many cigars would you say in your life that you've just bit the cap off of? None. Really? I always have a pocket knife. Yeah, fair enough. I always have a razor-sharp pocket knife. I always have means by which... To me, there's no way I would ever bite a cigar cap off 
and it not just destroy the cigar that I was getting ready to smoke. That's fair. I've done it a number of times. I don't. I don't think I ever have. Um, as you keep going down, once finished, the considerate smoker stubs his cigar out until it's no longer smoldering. This one shows up a lot, and it's funny because I, I guess. A lot of new cigar smokers, when you get to a certain age, are people who have smoked cigarettes at some point in their life, and so it just becomes a habit. But yeah, I've, that's one that I have to teach out of people more often than not. Yeah, more often than not, that's a bad habit somebody will pick up, and they'll just... And, okay, have you smoked with the tappers? The guys that get to tapping their cigar against the side of the ashtray constantly? Yeah. And you're like, dude, it's ashed. Believe right. me, you don't have to re-ash it 28 times in the same puff. Um, asking for a free cigar outright is tactless. Instead, drop a crescendo of hints. That looks like a great smoke. I'd like to try that cigar. <laughs> Do you guys have... The, almost every shop has the guy that is known for this. Oh, when so-and-so shows up, you know that he's going to try and get weasel a free cigar. Or Do you guys have that guy here? Luckily, no. And uh, we have more guys here that are prone to just give people cigars yeah. than are prone. We don't really have the bum guy. Now, we had the bum guy up at the other shop and all that never had cigars and everything yeah. like that. And he eventually got tossed out of that shop for a, a multitude, multitude of reasons. reasons. So the, the one I like on this list before we move on is that's not mold, it's plume. I, if I had a nickel, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's it's mold. I, is mold is plume not a type of mold? Is it not the same thing? So the idea behind plume is that it's a crystalline. Uh, it, it's it's the sugars from the from the wrapper crystallizing. That's what plume technically is, and it is possible. It's very rare. In fact, if you ever have thought you've seen plume on a cigar, odds are it was mold. More than likely it was mold. Here's the thing. It's still smokable. It, yeah. it is still... So what you want to do is try to wipe it off. If it wipes off like dust, you're fine. If it smears kind of like an oil slick, throw it away. Throw it away. But... If you can just dust the mold off the surface of your cigar, and I always, I, I make sure the part my mouth goes on doesn't have any mold, but even on the rest of the cigar, it doesn't matter. Mold is ubiquitous. It's flying around. You're breathing it in. You're eating it. You're drinking it all day long. For 99% of people, it's not going to be harmful. And for those who it is going to be harmful for, they're probably not cigar smokers. Well, I, you know, whenever I go to the Caribbean, I carry my own cigars. Because to me, when I smell of cigars in the Caribbean, they smell moldy. They probably do. From the inside. Yeah, because they've got 100% humidity. Yeah. To me, mold on the outside of the cigar is not a problem. Mold on the inside of the cigar is what I would be looking out for. Yeah. Okay, now Umberto's bad cigar tips. Lick your cigar from head to foot to seal in the flavor. I'm glad to say... I have never seen anybody in here truly fillet their cigar. I've I've seen it never in here, but I, I have seen the guy. I've never seen anyone lick it from head to foot, but I have seen some people really go to town. And this showed up on someone else's list, or, or maybe the list we're going to get to in a minute. I I will when I'm using my own cutter, 
I do moisten the tip of the cigar before I use it. It's the same reason, for, for the same reason that you put painter's tape on the plywood before you drill the hole. Before you drill the hole. It results, in my opinion, in a cleaner cut. Now, I'd never do that with a house cigar. I'd never do it with a borrow or with a house cutter or a borrowed cutter. But if it's my cutter and my cigar, I'm doing it. I used to do it. I quit doing it because here, more often than not, people will ask me to cut their cigar. Right. So your cutter has somewhat become a bit of a de facto right. shared cutter. Yeah, and that's okay because people know that I think people have heard me complain to them enough about cutting the shoulder off their cigar. They would rather hand me their cigar than hear me complain further. Right. But, so I have quit that. And I got to say, I have not noticed an increase in the damage to my wrapper by not doing that. Yeah, and, and that's fair. Like I say, it's purely anecdotal on my part. But I also feel like if you ask to borrow somebody else's cutter, you you do so knowing that there is a chance that they've cut a, a licked cigar with that cutter. Sure, it's the, it's the risk you run. Exactly. And uh, I think I really think that's why the tabletop cutter became prevalent as it has. And I'm really surprised somebody, some Calibri or somebody has not invented a tabletop cutter that has a little sanitizing cartridge. The Barbasol like the barbers. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that, when, that you cut and then it dips the blade back in the whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I'm really surprised in this COVID age, nobody's invented the self-sanitizing tabletop cigar cutter. I think it goes back to the the disem folks and the the carryover between people who didn't believe that COVID was real and the people that smoke cigars. At least in this part of the country, there's a pretty big overlap there. Pretty Yeah, pretty big overlap. Okay, this is one that's hilarious. Bounce your cigar off a hard surface before lighting. If it tilts on the way back up, it's not packed evenly. That's right. It's the caber. It's the caber toss of cigars. Well, you know, I do that thing when I play racquetball where I drop the two balls and whichever one bounces higher, that's the ball we use that day. Yeah. But I don't think I'm going to use that same technique. In cigar selection? Yeah, in cigar selection. Um, A great cigar will ooze all the great aromas right through the cellophane sleeve. (laughs) First, I don't want to smoke any cigars that are oozing. Anything. Yeah, that's an Alec Bradley fine and rare. The... Yeah, this is this is an interesting take on the people that smell cigars, but they smell it through the cellophane. The idea being that you can't smell anything. Like, if you're going to smell it, don't smell it through the cellophane. That's what he's getting at. I smell cigars like they taught us in chemistry to smell solutions. I kind of waft it toward me. And if it don't waft, I'm okay. And the thing is, you know, the the smell you get from a cigar before you light it doesn't tell you anything. Now, I do have a buddy that when you when he says, "Oh, let me smell of that cigar," he sticks it basically up his nostril. That's funny. And it, and I wonder if he does, but he's a he's a wealthy guy. He's not doing it to get a free cigar. But nine right. times out of ten, if I hand him one and he does that, I say, "Uh, won't you, you try keep that, that one. one?" Yeah, he says, "Oh, it smells good." Well, you should smoke that one. Then. <laughs> And I'll, um, on the bottom row of every cigar box and humidor are the cigars with the most age on them. <laughs> See, when I first read that line, I thought it was going to be something different. On the bottom of every cigar box is a, is a free... <coughs> talking about the little spacer blocks. <laughs> yeah. It's a free one. It'll take you a while to smoke. The draw yeah. won't be good, but if you shoot it with a twenty-two bullet... <laughs> you could probably get something going. 
then I'll a couple of more things on this list before because j- just the absurdity of this list is way too funny. You can learn Spanish by listening to Julio Iglesias CDs while you smoke your cigar. <laughs> so that one I think is funny because, and it, it it's not really related, but I used to know a guy who was fluent in Italian. And the way he did it was by listening to opera. And I just, I found that so fascinating. And this is a, I mean, this is a guy that was on the spectrum in such a way that, that he was capable of learning in that way, the way most people aren't admittedly, but, um, yeah, I think you probably, if you listen to enough Julio Iglesias, you probably could pick up some Spanish, some rudimentary Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, eat a mint before smoking your cigar. It will help prevent cigar breath and prevent the enjoyment of your cigar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And eat pineapple first too, right? Yeah. Isn't that the same? <laughs> yeah. That's, of- <laughs> the, that's the, old, the old pineapple rumor. Um, the last one of these that I, that I think is funny is I think, you know, some of these are just so outrageous. You're like, oh, yeah, he was just making stuff up. But sometimes guys make up something that you could probably get some feet under. You know, it's like every time we talk about Charlie Daniels, I say he's blind. Right. And I think I can get some momentum behind that. I keep that up long enough. I'll, somebody somewhere one day is going to say, well, that blind fiddle player did great. And it's Charlie Daniels. And they're going to say, he ain't blind. Right. <laughs> but... You can grow tobacco by planting a cigar stub in well-fertilized soil. Man, if that were the case, my backyard would be full of tobacco plants. That That's so close yeah. to, to something you could you could make somebody believe that. Hey, you like that cigar? Plant it when you're done. It's just like carrots. Yeah, just like carrots, just like pineapples. You know, cut the top off pineapple, you plant it, and it grows a new pineapple. That's right. Same principle there. So, from fine tobacco, New York City... 13 ways to make everyone at a cigar lounge hate you. Some of these are going to be redundant, so we're not going to spend too much time on it because we've already kind of talked about it in the first article. Yeah, the the funny thing about this is the the way they phrase the article is like, all right, you want to go to a cigar lounge and you want to be hated? Here's what you do. Not, hey, avoid doing these things so that everybody at the cigar lounge don't hate you. Well, so this brings me to to my big complaint about this article and articles like it, kind of like the first one we did, which is one of the things that these never address is cigar snobbery. And this is such cigar snobbery to me. Like, I get they're trying to be sort of tongue-in-cheek and not tongue-in-cheek and not do the same etiquette article that everyone has done a million times before. But... This this idea that oh if you do these things people are going to hate you that's just it's just a little too cigar snobbery for me, but I can understand the heart of it because there are a couple in here that are really good yeah um, one's lick the wrapper we covered that criticize or belittle someone's cigar choice so okay am I in the clear if somebody picks up a three dollar cigar. And lights it and smokes it and says to me, what do you think about this cigar? It's okay for me to say I don't like it, right? Yeah, it's, it's not my favorite. It's not for me. It's, a, it's like what, it's what we try to do on the show, right? We try to maintain as much of a positive spin on things as we can. And I, I think what this, this is not talking about that, though. This, this is talking about the guy, you know. Oh, I, you're only smoking a Baccarat? Well, this... Padrone I'm smoking has been aged for Well, it is tough for me when to not judge someone by the cigar they choose. 
So it's that reason that a lot of shops actually have a rule in the shop that you take the band off before you start smoking it. And, and that's exactly why. So that no one can judge anyone else based on the cigar they're smoking because you can't tell. Is there... Okay. I wa- when we were looking at cars, I thought about buying a Dodge Challenger. But Dodge Challenger has become the chariot of the assholes. Yeah. More, more people that are just total human garbage drive Dodge Challengers than any other car. Is that, have you found this out? Oh, yeah. Well, there's, there's a, it, they're definitely in the top five, for now, sure. Now, I'm not saying because you drive one, you are. No, it's, I'm just saying as a percentage, the group you're associating with. Right. It's, it's correlation, not causation. But, yeah, if, if it's, it's more likely your, your car of choice if you do happen to be an asshole. Yeah, it's kind of like the Jeep guys. And I, I would like to own a Jeep, but I don't want to risk being a Jeep guy. Yeah, you don't want to be part of the cult. Yeah, yeah, I'm the, the Jeep thing. So um, tell everyone how the Cuban you had the other day was better than every other cigar ever. This, to me, it goes hand in hand with the previous one about not belittling someone. Because I've never heard anybody talk about a Cuban that isn't talking about how much better it is than anything else. And they even give a nice little... Uh, a nice little example of a of a conversation. Do you want to be number one or two? I'll be number one. All right, dude. Yeah, I love cigars. I was smoking this Cuban the other day. It was so good. Yeah, what was it? A Cuban. It was so good. So much better than anything they have here. I I heard you. I asked which Cuban. Churchill. I think it was good. <laughs> <laughs> and seen. And seen. Uh, but that, but that is how the conversation goes. They don't know if it was an Upman or a Boulevard or whatever. They can't tell you anything about it. All they know is that because it's Cuban, it has to be better. And it's just... There are three cigar, Cuban cigars that I would rather have over something I can get in this. Everything else is, pales in comparison. Okay, I've been accused of this. I stand before the Cigar Cast audience accused of this particular crime against cigar lounges interject into another conversation and quickly begin talking about yourselves and your opinions. See, yeah, I don't have this problem. I get accused all the time of turning all the topics around here into either Bigfoot or professional wrestling. I get the, I get this accusation. Mark's back here shaking his head, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I get this. And, I, and I've got, I'm pitching an ideal to Mark this week where we're going to put a board up here in the cigar lounge that says, topics days. we're not discussing this week. Oh. Or days, <laughs> days since uh, Shane brought up Bigfoot and it's just stuck <laughs> on zero. But, you know, there's, there's certain topics that it would be nice if there was a board that, like, hey, don't mention Derek's speeding ticket. Um, oh, now I have to <laughs> do that. And uh, there, there should be a board up there of topics that we're not discussing in the cigar shop right. this week. And all, but I, I've been accused of number four. I, I think, but here's the thing: there's four things I know a lot about: right. cigars, Bigfoot, professional wrestling, and home building. And I'll, so it makes sense that my life experience might lead us to that portion of the discussion at it, some point or another. If you're trying to draw a comparison for something you know to the topic at hand, it's probably going to overlap with one of them. That's, that's fine. Start uh, a heated debate on politics and religion. That should, you know, it's funny. That should be chiseled in stone. <laughs> it, it should be, except, so we've, I do believe that part of the reason that we have such 
a divide, a strong divide when it comes to religion and politics is that for the last 70 years, the general social norm consensus has been that we don't talk about these things. So as a result, we've forgotten how to talk about them. So every conversation about those topics becomes a heated debate. It, yeah, it could be intelligent people don't discuss it, so only the dumbasses are left to discuss it. Right. But I think that's definitely... Blow smoke in someone's face. <laughs> you know, I've never done this intentionally, but sometimes it's hard, especially if the if the lounge doesn't hasn't really thought through their ventilation uh, diagram the place and really thought through it. Sometimes you'll be sitting in a seat that just has a crosswind, and yeah, there's, there's nothing you can do about there's it. There's one seat in this cigar shop. I could take you to it right now, and if we were all sitting up there in the circle of knowledge, as we call the front of the cigar shop. You would get to enjoy everybody's cigar with them. Oh, I know. Last week after our cigar, we were sitting up there, or after the show, and I was wearing your wife out. I felt so bad, I, but I couldn't do anything to stop it. Yeah, it's just there's sometimes the air currents are such. I don't think anybody, you know, blows cigarette smoke or cigar smoke into somebody's face just as a challenge anymore. I think we're past that as human beings, finally. Um, light up a cigarette. That should go without saying. Puff another person's cigar. I feel like that should go without saying, too. Yeah, I just I don't see a lot of that coming up as an, as an yeah. issue. Um, mooch cigars off of others. We covered that earlier. Give yourself a generous pour of someone else's liquor without ever bringing any in. I, I get that. Yeah. You know, um, one of the guys here that don't drink a lot always keeps a bottle of Woodford in his locker. And he always says, hey, if you want some, go get it. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just nice. But it's amazing how many times somebody will go in there and they'll take a pour out of his locker. And then next time they see him, they'll bring in another bottle and hand it to him. Say, here, I yeah. bought this for you to replace what I what I took. And I, I think that's indicative of a healthy cigar. I, I think so, too. Um, stamp out your cigar. We covered that. Get drunk and smoke too many cigars throw up anywhere. I, I, again, that goes between no duh. Yeah. yeah. And also, that that was pretty hilarious to talk about that. Now, one more. We're going to need to move pretty quickly through this. Well, the only reason I want to touch on this one is because this 10, 10 Tips for Beginner Cigar Smokers from UKTobacco.com. As I said in the notes, I think all 10 of these tips could also be applied to beginners in three ways. So I, I don't see that. I, you're going to have to draw the comparison for me, I think. Learn the right way to light your cigars. Know the right way to do what you're out to do. Okay. And I'll... Per- yeah, I do hate when tips are so vague like that, of learn the right way to, to yeah. light your cigar. Okay, well, what is the light, the right way? You didn't tell me. You know, don't puff too often. <laughs> well, how often is too often? Purge your cigar. Wash I hate your, this one. Wash it up first. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I hate this one. Purge your... No. The only time you should ever have to purge your cigar is if you've let it sit out for 30 minutes or more. Well, okay, but now I do a puff out of my cigar about every third or fourth. Puff, is that not a purge? It is a purge, but there's, I don't think that's necessary. That's probably not what they're talking about here. Listen to the cigar. That goes without saying. Be gentle. Yeah. Okay. Don't be afraid to correct a strange bird. Hey, honey, we're not putting that there. <laughs> Gotcha. I mean, I really think these these tips are transferable. See, I think this one though. Don't be afraid to correct a strange word. If you're 
if you're sitting in an enclosed environment, if you're indoors and your cigar's burning funny, nine times out of ten, it's you. It's not the cigar. Okay, but if I'm sitting across from you and every time you puff, I see one side of your cigar go really bright and one side stays dark, am I allowed to say something to you? You can, but I'm, if, if it's me, I'm just going to say, okay. Well, I smoke with a blind guy here. Well, that's a different story. And I'll, and I, and, but I'm even reluctant then to say, hey, um, you might want to light the other side of you've, that cigar. You've, you've got an uneven light. Is, right. is the is the get out of jail free card on that? Yeah, and that that might be the best way to go on that. Um, be careful with pairings. You can't argue that that's not good right. advice. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Try a variety of cigars. Okay. Smoke with others. All right. Find a specialist. You have always <laughs> said, always, and I, I won't steal your punchline. <laughs> I'll let you say it. I've always said, hire a professional. Right. <laughs> if you if you're gonna go for the for the the, the ride the tricycle, you don't want the friend from the gym. Right. Hire a professional. Yeah. Absolutely. But as it pertains to cigars, how do you find a specialist in the cigar shop? Well, if it's this shop, you don't have to because you'll come to them. Uh, <laughs> I think this was tricky because I believe what they're referring to is seek out a certified tobacconist, somebody who knows. But if you're talking about like trying to find something to smoke, because everyone's palates are so wide and varied, that can come with mixed results. Well, and it's good here in the shop. I don't always rush up to people to try to tell them what to smoke. Um, but a lot of times somebody will say, hey, this is his first cigar, Shane. Will you help him light it and cut it? Will you yeah. give him a quick instruction on that? And, I, and I've got a little you know, song and dance that I do right. there that I give them that. And the 10th, don't fret too much. I, lo- I, I love that one. Enjoy your cigar the way you want to enjoy your cigar. And also, like if it's burning a little crooked, just slow down. If, right. it's, you know, if it's burning too hot, slow down. If, it's, if you can't keep it lit, speed up. You know, things like that. This one for me is all about, this reminds me of the number one thing I tell people when they're asking about their first humidor. All right, how do I season it? How do I get... The more you fuss with it, the harder a job you're going to be. It's like I grilled on my green egg last night. And when I, when I first got my green egg a number of years ago, I had the hardest time getting it dialed out because I was constantly fiddling with the vents to try and get it right. But then I'd take it too far and I'd have to bring it back up. And just set it once, leave it alone. What's the rule of barbecue? If you're looking, you ain't cooking. Right. And it's kind of the same. There, that can be translated to cigars and all. We, we, need, to, we need something that rhymes with you ain't smoking. If, if you're poking, you ain't smoking. I don't know. That, that also applies to this list. <laughs> that also applies to the other side of this list. And uh, we'll, we'll have to come up with a cigar cast original saying, something to that effect. Yeah. And uh, I do have to, you know what I fight more than anything with my cigar hobby? What's up? Dreading the end of the cigar I'm smoking. Yeah. Especially in the morning, if I get to have that morning cigar out on my porch and I got the Bigfoot podcast playing, and I'm relaxed and taking it easy back there, and the sun's shining, and the birds are singing, and all is right with the world, and I know when that cigar ends, I'm going to have to step back into the w- real world and get to work. Yeah, that's 
you know, we were talking about this after the show a couple of weeks ago. My favorite part of the cigar is the last three inches. And uh, there's a little bit of an unspoken rule in my house. You know, we can, we can, my, my wife and I have been involved in a very heavy conversation that's lasted about almost the last week of certain plans for the future and just trying trying to position ourselves to where we want to be and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, oftentimes after we put the kid to bed, we'll go out, you know, it's the weather's been getting nice. So I'll, I'll light a fire on the back porch. We'll sit out there. But once I get down to about that far, the cigar's mine now. Right. The moment is mine. I, I don't want to be so embroiled in a conversation that I miss the most enjoyable part of the cigar. Speaking of which, you're down to the last three inches of your cigar. How would you rate it? That's a five. It has not drawn well for me the whole time. Interesting. That's not that's not characteristic it, of a Roma. It's really not. Uh, I was I, I didn't squeeze it because usually with La Roma de Cuba and Ashton in general, it, it's not something I have to worry about. But it's just had a little bit of a plug all the way through, and it's just. It's just tapered my enjoyment that much to knock it from a six to a five. The reserve, it's definitely a six. It's to me the best aroma de Cuba they make. I'm curious. I'm smoking the Toro. The only size we have is the Toro. I don't know what all sizes it comes in, but I wonder how much of the love I. I wonder if this is a six in a Toro and a five and a half in a Gordo. Oh, probably th- that's maybe possible. a six and a half in a Robusto. Yeah, interesting. I I, I would I'm I kind of want to try other sizes, but I kind of don't because you've you've got it there. Why right. fuss with it? Why why mess with perfection? So it's a six all day long. Well, how do they get a hold of us, Trey? You can reach us at Facebook.com/slash The Cigar Cast or on Instagram and Twitter at The Cigar Cast and email info at The Cigar Well, for Shane, Trey, and Benny, we'd like to say have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm -hmm.